You believe that God works all things together for our good? It's good to sing that every now and then, right? Oh, good to be together this morning, and we're going to dive into the Word of God. We're going to continue our Draw Near to God series and theme that we've had the entire year. And uh, recently, we've been talking about this concept that, that's found uh, in, in Scripture uh, where, you know, we really need to learn how to kind of clothe ourselves with certain things, kind of put things on in order to really draw near to God. And quite honestly, there's some things we got to just take off, we got to get rid of in order to draw near to God. And so that's what we're, we're talking about today. And recently we've talked about, um, you know, putting on things like love, right? That's what we're supposed to do. Clothe yourselves, put on the new self. Um, wow, put to death stuff, rid yourselves. Take off the old self. These are the, these are the concepts that we see in the scriptures. And we're trying to kind of put this into practice. And recently, we've, we've kind of honed in on some things. Uh, we talked about, like last week, greed and, and what that can do to you. We've talked about deceit and lying and slander, gossip. Those are the things. I mean, we got to get rid of that stuff. We got to put, those are community killers. They're not community builders. And uh, we're trying to build community here at the church. And, uh, but you know what we can put on? We can put on words that build up. We don't need to take people down with our words. We can speak truthfully to people. And we can be transparent, you know, just with where we are. I appreciate, uh, appreciate uh, Kendall talking about that last week. And so the, the challenge with messages like this is, you know, is this just another Sunday where, you know, you just tell us what we do and what we don't do, you know, just check off the list. And honestly, that was one of the things that we were worried about. Here we go, we'll just tell you what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do, and you'll just get your boxes that you're supposed to check, and you check the ones off. That's not the spirit of what we're trying to get at. It's not just about do's and don'ts, all right? At the end of the day, I hope that when you come to church in the morning, you know, when you come to this place, I hope this isn't really uh, just a, a time to kind of pass the time or where you can just feel better about yourself. Quite honestly, I hope that we remember who we are, okay, and whose we are. And whose honor are we living for? It's not about a list of do's and don'ts. These are the behaviors you're supposed to do. These are the behaviors you're not supposed to do. Yeah, that's in there, but remember who you are. And if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, if, if you have been born again, given God's spirit, then you need to remember these passages like Colossians 3.12. Are you God's chosen? I mean, do you really believe that's true? To draw upon that rich imagery even from Israel all the way now to, to the church of the New Testament? Holy, are you, do you really believe God sets you apart for, for a true purpose, his purpose? Not just for your purpose. Have you, I mean, if you're God's chosen and if he set you apart and if you're dearly loved by God, then if, that's got to sink in. And that's got to motivate whether you're going to choose to put stuff on or take stuff off. You know, I appreciate Paul as a prisoner for the Lord. You go, what's he talking about? Well, he was literally in prison, okay? And it wasn't for mail fraud, okay? And it was you know, it wasn't tax evasion, okay? This, this was stuff that, hey, Paul's out there preaching the word. He's getting thrown, beaten up, thrown in jail. But, but how does he visualize that? He, you know, I'm a prisoner for the Lord first and foremost. That's who I am, right? And he says, I urge you to, like, live your life worthy of the calling, all right, it's not just, hey, here's a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's not about that. And I, and I, I don't know, I, I just hope that we can always apply ourselves to these concepts, that, that these can motivate us to take the stuff off in our lives, to get rid of it, to put to death because of what God's done for us and we're loved and he's set us apart for his purposes. And I hope we're not just in this for ourselves, to feel better about ourselves, to look better to those around us, that's not what we're here for. 
And so we're going to talk more about a couple of concepts that we find in Colossians 3 and Ephesians 4, and hopefully this will give us the, the backdrop. So let's pray. Father, I just come this morning, I, I just want to submit myself to you. I pray all of us can do that, that we can just bow down to you and, in worship, in adoration, in reverence, in fear, and respect. We want to honor you. Help us with our thinking. Help us with our spiritual lethargy, if that's what we have. If we're fired up and doing great, amen, I just pray that we can look for others and inspire them and encourage them as well. Father, I do pray that we can really reflect on how you have chosen us and we, we are set apart, but for you and not just for our own glory and honor. And uh, Father, I also pray for those that are searching. You know, I'm sure there are people here that maybe Googled a church near me or who knows, and, and they're just trying to figure things out. And I just pray you can speak to their hearts as well and inspire them just to draw near to you. And Father, I know that when people draw near to you, you, you draw near them as well. Use this time this morning, God. Help us to grow spiritually. And uh, we need you, Father. We pray for this to happen in the name of Jesus, in the power of your spirit. Amen. Amen. So first passage I want to look at is in Ephesians uh, chapter 4. Talked about it already a little bit, how Paul's in jail. You know, he's writing this. And in verse 2, he says, be completely humble and gentle. Amen. We got that figured out. No problem, right? Wow. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Wow. That, that's a, we could just sit here and read that over and over, and that would be a challenging message for us. But uh, I wanted to uh, look specifically at bear with each other. Hmm. How are we doing on that one? To bear with each other. We looked at uh, Ephesians 4. But let's look at Colossians 3. You know, once again, the, this is the motivation. You know, we're God's chosen people. We're holy. We're dearly loved, right? So we clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another, right? If you have a grievance. And we're going to talk more about forgiveness later. But I wanted to start out with this concept of, of bearing with each other. Man, that is not easy. What does it mean? Well, literally it means that it kind of combines two words to put up or to hold up. And uh, figurative, figuratively, it means to kind of put up with and endure, okay? We got to figure out how to do that with each other. I like the old N.T. Wright. He's an interesting bird if you like to read some of his stuff. To restrain your natural reaction towards odd or difficult people, right? <laughs> and it's always the other person that's odd or difficult. It's never you, right? It's just it's always that other person. But I think that's the reality. Bearing with each other. I mean, we could just gloss over that and get to the real meaty stuff of forgiveness. But there's a reason why bearing with each other is in the Bible. we got to figure out how to put up with each other and endure. It might not even be that they're sinning against you, but sometimes we just got to figure out, i got to bear up under this situation, right? This person is being difficult to me, right? And so what do we, what do we got to do? And, and again, we got to remember who we are, right? We got we to remember where we came from. We got we to gotta be chosen in our hearts and minds. And if we can get there, if we can really get there, then we have a much better chance of putting up with people, right? We got to rely on the Spirit. You ain't going to be humble. You ain't going to be gentle or patient just by white-knuckling it. You got to be in the moment. Holy Spirit, help me out right now. Help me out right now because, wow, I'm really... A fool shows his annoyance at once, the Bible says, and I'm ready to show it because this person is really getting on my nerves, right? 
So we got to rely on the spirit. We got to put this spirit on in order to do that. And we, you know, we got to take off that, you know, honestly, the reason why we don't endure it with people sometimes, because we just think we're wiser, smarter. You fill in the gap. And so whatever they're doing or saying, it's wrong. I'm clearly in the right. This person is clearly, good. would you just be quiet? Would you just leave? We can go there, right? We don't want to hear their point of view. We don't want to bear up. We don't want to get through to the other side. We just want them to get away. Just get away. And again, they might not even be sinning against you. It's just you don't want to deal with it. We got to learn how to put that off. Like, that's not the heart of Jesus. You know, and I thought about it, and I said, why do I get this way? And sometimes I think, like, sin or weakness in other people is annoying to me because I have to respond spiritually, and sometimes I don't want to. That's how I can be. (laughs) Like, just, you know what? Handle it yourself. You figure it out. I can go there, right? And it's just not the heart of Jesus. We got to figure out how to put on the Holy Spirit. Please help me to bear up in this situation. Help me to put up. Help me not to shut down, put away, think I'm better, get annoyed, push away. Let's not be that type of person, right? But that's spiritual living, right? This is, this is Bible. This isn't just, oh, this how to be a good person. There's something in this that's like Christ. So I just want to challenge you. Don't be the person that's annoyed at once and everybody knows you're annoyed. That's not, that's not what this is getting at. You got to take that off. Take it off. Learn how to bear up. Learn how to be in the moment. Learn how to pray. Learn how to handle those situations spiritually. Amen? What about that other one? Forgive. Oh, this is easy, right? We got to forgive. No, it's not easy. It's not easy. And the Bible says we need to forgive one another if we have a grievance. And we got to forgive as the Lord forgave us. That is the call. And when I was looking up the, the scriptures about forgive, you know, these are the words, right? And I just sat there and I just tried to let those words just like the definitions. I just, just let it pour over you. Gracious. Pardon. Kind. Do someone a favor. To release. Hmm. To send away, to remit, right? To to send from, to send forth, to let go from oneself. Just what does that look like, right? But these, I just tried to sit all week on, you know, as I'm just studying this. These are the words that the scriptures are choosing to give us to understand the concept of forgiveness. To let it go. To send it forth. Right? To send away. And I just tried to see what kind of pictures in my mind, right? You know, of just, just let it go. Release. Right? Send away. That's forgiveness. That's the picture of forgiveness. And so, so as I, I don't know if you were here last Sunday, but I just, I had, I, I prayed for the communion. I just read a passage that happened to be in my yearly reading. I just have a yearly reading in the Psalms. It's like Psalm 83, I think. This week, I happen to be in Psalm 85, right? So I'm already, I'm already reading these passages, getting ready for this message. And so then I run up into Psalm 85. And Psalm 85, you, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. And so I stopped. So, oh, I've been studying forgiveness, but I've been really looking to in the New Testament a lot. Well, what does this, what does the, this word mean, right? And so I started looking up 
all the Old Testament words that I could find that have this concept of forgiveness, and there are many. But look at these words. To cover. Hmm. To hide. To conceal. Forgive. To atone, right? Literally, at one, to kind of re- this concept of reconciliation. To put off, right? To make amends. To raise. To lift up. To bear a burden. To carry off. These are all, these are all again, word pictures. How, I started going, wow, God's been at the art of forgiveness for a long time. He's, he's trying to make a point here. He, if you just let all of these concepts, I was like, man, there's a lot going on here. And I just sat in, lift up, cover, carry a burden. This is what, this is what Christians are supposed to bring to the world. Right? And so if we're going to forgive as the Lord forgave us, hmm, what does that look like? We got to be willing to cover over stuff. We got to be, not, not excuse it like it didn't happen, but have the love to be, love covers over a multitude of sins, right? Hmm. So how do we love as the Lord forgave, or forgive as the Lord forgave us? First of all, God forgave us even though we were still sinning. How do you do with that one? Somebody has sinned against you. And they haven't asked for forgiveness, and they haven't said they're sorry quite yet. How are you doing? How are you feeling in your heart towards them? You, are you ready to send it away? Are you ready to release whatever it was? Are you ready to cover it over? Not excuse it, but make the covering like, amen, it's okay. How are we doing with that? Because the scripture said, look, we got to forgive the way Jesus forgave us. And the scriptures clearly say, while we were still sinners, we received forgiveness. What happens that, you know, God forgave us even though we didn't initiate. You know, God set up the forgiveness thing way before we decided, you know what, I need to turn myself in. God was already willing to forgive. He already put the plan in motion. He's already sending his son to the cross. You didn't initiate. You don't just accept, I'm going to accept Jesus as my Savior. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Well done. No, that's not what it's all about. You know, you need to really think about what it's all about. It's all about God initiated. How do you do when someone doesn't even initiate with you, even though they've sinned against you, and they're not even willing to initiate? How are you willing to release, to let it go, to cover it, to send it away? Are you willing to carry the burden, even if they aren't? That's not easy for me. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's easy for y'all. I don't know. It's hard for me sometimes. Here's the other thing. Even though he knew we would sin again, maybe in the exact same way, he still forgave us. How do you do with that one? Right? That's hard. You know, you want people to repent. Did you do something to me? Well, you need to repent. You need to know what you did wrong. I'm going to tell you what you did wrong. I'm going to tell you exactly how it affected me. And I want you to repent. You need to say you're sorry. Say it in a way that I appreciate. Nope, try again. That wasn't good. Do it again. Okay, that was better. Keep going. Okay, okay, maybe I'll accept that. Don't ever do this again. Right? We can go there. But, man, God's forgiven us even though he knows there's probably a good chance we're going to do the same thing again. But he's still willing to cover, to release, to send forth, to let go from oneself. I mean, these are, these are not easy things, right? I don't want to belittle because I struggle. These are things I struggle with. 
I want people to pay for their sins sometimes, and I hate that about myself. His forgiveness is so complete, he actually brings people into his family once he forgives people. Wow. I mean, it's not just, okay, I forgive you. Wow, I'm such a good Christian. And we walk away and we pat ourselves on the back. It's not about that. It's like, I forgive you. In fact, don't you feel all guilted out about it. My, my forgiveness is real, is genuine, is authentic, and is complete. In fact, in fact, son, welcome to the family. I'm, you're, you're, you're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. You, you know, man, when people, when people sin against us, sometimes it's like, I'll, if we even get spiritual enough to offer the forgiveness, it's like they're in the doghouse for a minute, if you know what I'm saying, Right? And they're going to know they're in the dark. I mean, I love them, and I'll forgive. Technically, you're forgiven. But stay out in the doghouse. I'll put direct TV out there for you, and I'll make it nice and comfortable. <laughs> but you're not, you don't come in. Don't, uh, don't come in. Don't think you can get close with me again. There's a probationary period that you need to just... I struggle with this struggle with this. Now, you can, some of you are thinking, and I know how we are, well, what if somebody, like, kills your family member? And, and like, what are you going to do, Jeff? Are you going to release it and just send it away? You know what? How many of you have experienced it? Like, honestly, I don't know. That's hard. You literally might need professional therapy. I'm serious to, to process all that. You know, if somebody literally, like, took your life of your family member, and then you, like, saw them in the courtroom, or, I don't, you know, I'm, I agree, that's not easy, right? I mean, that could be hard to figure out and process, but that is not what happens to us every day. Okay, come on, man. Let's just be on daily life. There's other, there's other scenarios that we can go to where we actually have to deal with on a daily basis. Think about those things, okay? And it's hard. It's not easy. But we're called to this. We, we were called to this life. And, it, and, it, and if we can bring this to the world, wow, it's powerful. It's beautiful. Not only does he bring us into his family, but, you know, he forgives us. He trusts us and says, hey, hey, let's do this together and let's help other people. <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm going to forgive you, but you know what? Hey, let, let's, let's show others how to forgive. And I trust that you understand that. Let's do this together. That's how God forgives. You know, I, I think it's beautiful. And this, just thinking about these things has, has challenged my faith in a good way. And, I, and I, I'm more willing to release and to send away and to cover because of how Jesus treated us. But what happens to us when we don't forgive as the Lord forgave us? Like, what happens? When we, when we, we just won't release it. So we just kind of keep it. What, what happens? And I think what happens to us is what we don't want to become, but it's inevitable. This is what happens to us. Bitterness. Because we won't release it. We won't send it forth. We won't send it away. And so it stays in there, and it does, its, it does something to us. That's not what God really wanted for us. Right? Don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. By the way you live, remember, he, he's identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, 
and get rid of this screen. Because who needs that? You know what I mean? I don't need that. I got a Bible on my phone. We got to get rid of bitterness. Because bitterness is like, it's like makes us resentful. Right? And there's a, go to the next slide. I read this quote and it was like, gee whiz, this is like intense. Okay, we got to take this off. This is bitter. Bitterness reflects a smoldering resentment. A brooding, grudge-filled attitude. It is the spirit of irritability that keeps a person in perpetual animosity, making them sour and venomous. These are the sins that break fellowship and destroy relationships, that weaken the church, marge testimony before the world. You know, when an unbeliever sees Christians acting just like the rest of society, the church is blemished in their eyes, and they're confirmed still further in resisting the claims of the gospel. Grudge-filled, perpetual animosity, just a always in you because you're not willing to send it forth to release, to cover. You won't do the Bible forgiveness thing. And you've chosen to go your own route. And what you don't realize is it's doing something to you. And again, I grant that sometimes Scripture, some, for some, hey, for some it's going to take Scripture, prayer, Holy Spirit, f- therapy. Hey, I, I grant it. On some situations, it might be so emotionally intense and scarring. I get it. But what I'm telling you is bitterness will kill us too. We got to take it off. We got to turn that off. We got to take it. We got to get rid of it. And we got to learn how to not be grudge filled, but send stuff forth. Release it. Send it away. Let it go. That's biblical forgiveness. Next slide. Thanks. Don't forget this. Remember this in Psalm 103? What does the Lord do with our sins? As far as the east is from the west, He sends forth the sin. He puts you on one end and He sends forth. Your sin to the other. That, that's, that's the visual. That's what it's about. Next slide. What about lifting up and covering? And what about carrying the burden? Next slide. What do you think about Second Peter? Right? I love this passage. It, this passage literally, like, brings together everything. It's got the concept of bearing with people. <laughs> if you have to deal with stuff unjustly, that's rough. You might have to deal with unjust suffering. You might have to bear up under it. But guess what? You know what? That's what we were called to do. We have a calling. We got to show the world how not to get bitter, but how to let stuff go. And then when it talks about Jesus, verse 23, they hurled insults at him. He didn't retaliate. He suffered. He didn't make any threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore whose sins? Wait a minute. He carried our burden. He... He carried your burden. You're the sinner, not him. You're the the person that's messed up. He wasn't. But he was willing to cover that over, send it away from you, but he put it on himself. He's the one that carried the burden. That's forgiveness. He bore your sins in his body on that tree so you could be healed. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Man, we got to be willing to do this. 
We can't, we can't get sucked into this culture, guys, where if somebody believes something differently, you, you just can't, you got no love. You got nothing for them except animosity, grudges, and all this stuff. Come on, we can't, we can't be that way. Can't be that way. We got to put, we got to put that on, amen? So if you have a small group, I hope you do. Here's some stuff that maybe you can do in your small group together this week. I try to give these out a little bit every now and then. Maybe you could read Matthew 18 together. It's a great passage in there about the parable of the unmerciful servant. Yikes. Scary. And uh, maybe you can talk about that. And if you, we, can send, we can send these out uh, via our email system, but I at least wanted to give it to you. Some people take pictures and all that stuff. But these are Hebrews 12, talks about bitterness and a bitter root. So these are good discussion questions. We like doing that at, at our church. We don't just like showing up on Sunday. We try to meet up in the middle of the week, too. Um, and we will be here this uh, Wednesday night, too, so come. So next slide. We're going to take the Lord, Lord's Supper together, and uh, we're gonna, I'm going to pray for our communion. And uh, I want to thank, thank the sound team for coming up big, even though my computer decided to run out of steam or something. But uh, let's remember these concepts, and let's pray for the Lord's Supper together. Father, we're grateful that you're willing to cover our sins and bear with us and separate us from our sins as far as the east is from the west. We're grateful. I just pray that we can all just bask in how amazing it, it can feel to be your chosen children and to be set apart for your purposes and to be dearly loved. Father, I pray that we can Remember that and live lives that are worthy of such a high calling. And pray that we don't become those venomous people that just store grudges up in our hearts. And, uh, but I pray that we can put on and clothe ourselves with forgiveness and be willing to send that stuff away, God, just like you did for us. And we thank you for Jesus who he bore our sins in his body on the cross. And we, we're going to take this bread that represents his body and we're going to remember that he did that for us. And he shed his blood to forgive us. And as we take the juice, I just pray we remember that, that that's what he was willing to do to forgive us of our sin. Father, I pray that that can bring us joy ultimately and that we can be inspired to take this communion and now to go out and live it, to live forgiveness so that we can change the world in your name for your honor. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.